Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me in the hot seat is Mari Riesberg, and here's a bit about Mari. She is a LPC, she's a therapist, performer, creativity coach, and host of the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. She holds a BFA in acting from the Heart School and an MA in somatic counseling, psychology, dance movement therapy from Naropa University. She currently splits time between the traditional nine to five world as the director of utilization review and internship programming for a substance abuse treatment center and her own sustaining creativity business where she works with performers and non-performers to spark, grow, sustain, share, and transform creativity in their lives. Mari believes life is way more fun when we tap into our creativity. And today we're going to learn all things creativity with Mari and why she's so passionate about it in all areas. So welcome, Mari. Thank you so much, Genesis. It's such an honor to be here and to get to talk with you about creativity today. My pleasure. And before we dive into the creativity piece of the segment, let's be creative and get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to give you two options. We could play a rapid fire game, which is 10 questions, um, or we could break the ice up front. Which would you like to do? Ooh, let's do some, let's do 10 questions. That sounds awesome. I'm game. Let's play a game. (laughs) Woo! So we're going to play a game, y'all, with Mari Riesberg. So question number one, dream car. Ooh, dream car. Um, like an old convertible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like a classic convertible. There we go. Question two. If you could go anywhere around the world, money was no option, but here's the kicker. You may not be able to make it back home because all flights have been grounded and are no longer flying back to your home base. Where would you go? Greece. I would go to the Greek islands. I would be happy to stay there for as long as I needed to. (laughs) Question three, favorite food. Ooh, favorite food sushi Ooh, what type of sushi roll ah uh, you know there's like a comfort in an op just a plain avocado roll I remember eating it as a little kid with my dad but I've gotten a little more adventurous and creative as I got older um and so now oh gosh like some yellowtail oh okay yeah so four If you could go back in time, Ari, and you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh, trust yourself and stop listening to what other people have to say about you. (laughs) Woo, four, no, five, sorry, five. If you could be a fly on the wall and just eavesdrop in any conversation, who do you want to listen to? Oh my goodness. I, 
who do I want to listen to? So many people, but you know what? I would want to be on a fly on the wall in a rehearsal room of the I Love Lucy show. Ah, okay. Kicking it old school. Mm-hmm. Six, you're jamming out to your favorite music. You have the radio blasting. What are you listening to? <laughs> what am I listening to? Ooh, I am listening to the Pointer Sisters. I am also listening to Sade. I'm listening to <laughs> a little Alanis Morissette, my little 90s groove. Yeah. Seven, coffee or tea or neither? Tea. Tea? Okay. Herbal tea. I don't, I'm, I don't do caffeine. Okay. Good. <laughs> Eight. Okay. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would that moment be? And why do you choose to recreate it? Significant moment. Oh my goodness. I would recreate. (laughs) I don't know what I would recreate that. I feel like there's so many moments that I would love to relive. Like the day my goddaughter chose me as a godmother that was pretty special um she was seven and I met her and she asked her mom can I choose my godmother (laughs) her mom said sure and she chose me and that was such an awesome moment in our relationship she's now 22 um so that was a long time ago let's see what else um deciding to be a therapist and just that experience of like charging forward in a new career, going from acting to being a dance movement therapist and now creativity and how it all flows together. (laughs) So nine, as a therapist, do people just think that they're going to come to you and lay on a couch or what are some of the weirdest things you think? The weirdest, um, I think Well, I think most people come or most people, many people come to therapy and think I'm going to fix them. (laughs) I couldn't be further from the truth. I'm not the expert on their lives. I just have a lot of skills and tools and trainings to help people continue on their life journey. Um, But I think the biggest piece about being a therapist is while dating, people constantly ask me if I'm analyzing them. And my response is, well, you're not paying me. So (laughs) no, (laughs) no more than anyone else's. Amazing. And then question 10, it's the pass or play question. So if you play, I ask you one last question. If you pass, you can ask me a question. Ooh, oh my gosh. (laughs) Let's, let's play. We'll play. Okie dokie. So last question. If you had any superpower, what would it be? Flight. Flight. A million percent the ability to fly. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) And thank you for playing 10 questions rapid fire with Mari and Genesis. Now, segueing into all things creativity with Mari Riesberg. Yeah. (laughs) I I love these segues. I feel like, woo. This little 
special. So what made you just really tap into your creativity genius? Because I think we all have that form of creativity that's in our zone of genius, not what other people think creativity is, but it's mm -hmm. something that comes to us naturally. And we just capitalize on it and we run with it and we have fun. That's the most important part. So what's your zone of genius? My zone of genius in the world of creativity is about bringing joy and happiness to my life and other people's lives through creativity. I truly believe we are all creative. It's not only for people in the performing arts or only special people. We all have the capacity to be creative. And a lot of it is how we look at our life and the world. And, you know, creativity is how you do your hair. Creativity is how you get dressed in the morning. Creativity is what you cook for breakfast or lunch or dinner, or if you order in, how you arrange it on your plate if you don't like cooking. Um, so being able to really flex or get in touch with the creativity that brings you joy and happiness in your own life. And creativity is like a muscle. If you want more of it in your life, you have to tap into it. And it's going to feel a little awkward and weird the first time you tap into your creativity or call what you're doing creative if it doesn't feel like the biggest creative expression or experience you've ever had. So using creativity in everyday life is how we have more creative ideas at our fingertips when someone asks us for the next big idea in a board meeting. Absolutely. And then with you, you're very creative because you have a degree in art and psychology and people would say that's totally different. So what made you pick those two and how do you mirror them together? Yeah. So I've always been a performer. I was a rowdy three-year-old and I lived down the street from a trapeze school and my parents sent me to essentially grow up in the circus. Um, so I learned trapeze, more aerial dance, not flying trapeze, but how to ride a unicycle and juggle and walk on stilts and, you know, be a clown. And I loved all of it. And it was so much a part of my life that I wanted to continue. And in high school, I did all of the plays and theater competitions and then went off to college and got a degree in acting and thought, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to be on Broadway. Here I come. And I got there and whew, a little rude awakening. <laughs> what it was actually like and how to navigate and really tolerate and have resilience to be a performing artist. And I didn't fully understand that until I went and got my master's in psychology. And all of the pieces that I wished I'd had in acting school, I didn't learn until years later when I went back to get my master's. And I thought, oh, it would have been so helpful to understand emotions, to manage rejection, to <laughs> feel, you know, how can I identify, like really understand who I was as a creative person, find my identity instead of pretending to be other people 
you know, be able to have the foundation of safety to take risk from particularly creative risk. And I didn't quite learn that until I went back to get my master's in psychology. So that is kind of how they've woven together for me in my, in my life and now supporting performers and non-performers in learning the skills to navigate rejection on a daily basis if you're auditioning or experience emotions in a new way to navigate trauma that we experience, um, historical and current in our lives. And I, I really feel like psychology and the performing arts, it's, you know, I've got the performing arts and the healing arts and psychology is part of the healing arts. And so how can I weave them together to continue to support people to do what they love, what brings them joy, what brings them happiness and how they can really sustain creativity throughout all of it. If we are constantly putting out creativity and not filling up our creative vessel, it's really hard to sustain. So finding those ways to fuel your own personal creativity so you can continue to show up in a creative life. Absolutely. And I like how they have became interwoven in what you're doing now, because you could see it from both vantage points, because you've had exposure in arts, you've had exposures in, in psychology, and you're continuing to refine your craft by working with people in those fields. So what are some of the skills that you help teach? Oh my gosh, so many, <laughs> just to the tip of the iceberg. Um, a lot of mindfulness skills. What is it like to be in the present moment? We do a lot of breathing exercises because we're navigating a lot of anxiety, stage fright, um, maybe creative blocks or self-doubt or self-criticism. So how can we start incorporating more mindfulness experiences, more present moment focused experiences. So we do that through breathing exercises, meditation, free writing. Um, yeah, we want to tap into that subconscious mind space, give our conscious evaluative part of our mind a vacation so that the imaginative part of our brain can play a little bit more. Okay. So whenever you're practicing mindfulness, it's like you're coming in connection with that mind, body, and spirit, and you're really doing the inner work so you could um, you could reinforce it externally, because mm -hmm. if you don't do the inner work, then you're not really tapping into your full zone of genius. You're only firing on part of the cylinder versus all of the cylinders. And then the breath work, because um, with acting, some people have to pay attention with their tone of voice, their mm -hmm. diction, their pronunciation, and so many things like that. So if you focus on your breath work and breathing, it also helps you be cognizant of when you're reciting lines, whether you're doing improv, whether you're going into an audition, and it also shows your confidence. Um, so fun fact, I went to the Neil Hamill agency here in Houston. <laughs> so I went to acting school for a bit because I always wanted to be an actress. And I remember yeah. just doing those little monologues and stuff. They definitely um, had you put your hand over your stomach, practice breathing and different stuff. And I was like, this is so dumb. How is this helping me? But then <laughs> once I got further along, it made sense because mm -hmm. naturally I'm a fast talker. But whenever you're in certain places, you kind of have to slow down. Down and just kind of like 
and then proceed and et cetera. And then yeah. make sure you're watching. Am I speaking too loudly? Am I speaking too softly? And all of those things. So I think that's pretty cool that you mentioned that. And then another thing um, I would say with creativity is sometimes writing things out um, as a dress rehearsal, whether you're writing on paper or you're writing it on your computer, it helps you get those thoughts out of your head onto paper or onto the screen so you could really reflect upon it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The ability to do kind of a mind dump onto the page or the screen, get it out of your head so you're not constantly thinking about it or ruminating about it or obsessing about it gives you a little more space and a little more distance from it. So you can have different experiences when you're in those moments of anxiety or challenge moments when you may not feel safe enough to take a risk and you can recognize, oh, I am really comfortable in my comfort zone right now. And to stretch outside of that doesn't feel okay in this moment. And knowing, oh, I've got some skills and tools I can use to help me move through that anxiety or past those moments. And I can come back to them later. Yeah. So when you're working with your ideal avatar and your clients, are there some some reoccurring uh, instances that come up and what are those and how do you help them overcome them? Yes, there are very similar things with lots of people, Um, particularly when it comes to performing. I think a a big thing is self-doubt and how do we navigate self-doubt and that, that tape? Well, first we have to know what is happening. So we have to know what are we telling ourselves? What are we, you know, what is the narrative? What is the doubt? What are we afraid of? Getting ourselves to be able to, you know, understand where we are so we can take a step to do something different or to try something new. You know, how can we feel comfortable or safe enough to do things a little bit differently. You know, they did a study um, around psychological safety in the workforce and psychological safety is being able to share a idea that may be half-baked that is without the fear of repercussions or of losing your job. And people who were surveyed, if they felt there was psychological safety, their productivity increased by 12%. So psychological safety, super important. (laughs) That is interesting that they surveyed. And as you were saying that, Mari, I I don't know why I thought about this. It's like, we've surveyed 100 people and the top five answers are on the board. I thought about family views, so. Oh, yeah. Based on that survey, um, did you add any of that to your practice whenever you were working with um, these individuals? And what did that look like? Yeah, just even having a consciousness or an awareness about what psychological safety is, how you can 
you know, support psychological safety, not only in a coaching session, but also teaching them skills and tools to take into their own businesses. If they're a manager, how are they creating an environment that has psychological safety in it so that their employees can increase productivity? You know, learning to ask questions in a specific way, learning to understand or recognize when you aren't feeling like there's psychological safety and having that trusted team who starts to recognize it, who has your back, who can step up and say, oh, here's another idea that I have that I think could be helpful. And then as a leader, how are you creating that environment for your employees or your team to continue to speak up, to challenge, you know, psychological safety isn't only about everything being okay. It's also about having productive conflict and setting up the space that it's okay to have conflict and we have some rules and we have some norms about how we address it and how we attend to it so that there is that safety net for people to share great ideas, weird ideas, half-baked ideas <laughs> without the fear or of repercussions or that they're going to be made fun of or, you know, all of that, that doesn't promote psychological safety. I like that because it's letting that person on the opposite end know, okay, if I'm sharing this information with the receiver, I'm going to be seen. I'm going to feel heard. I'm not going to be judged. And then if they if they come into that environment, they're going to be eager to share more because they feel like they're actually being listened to and heard out without feeling like they're hitting a roadblock and they can't share. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the, the other piece that kind of wraps back into creativity is in the creative process, there is a section of doing nothing, which sounds highly unproductive, particularly in the world of business and entrepreneur. You constantly need to be doing something and moving forward. Go, go, go. But creativity needs that period of rest and reset and incubation. And that is where more creative ideas can emerge. It doesn't emerge when you're actively engaged in more projects, more doing, more achieving. It's when you pause and rest that more creative thoughts come to the surface. Yeah, and that just gave me an idea that I want to share with the audiences. Block out some time on your calendar and say, I'm taking a creative nap where you are shutting off um, the distractions of the world. You're shutting off your phone. You're putting it on D&D, do not disturb. And you're allowing your brain to simmer down so you could recharge, refuel, and rejuvenate. And then just come back into it slowly and you'll be like, ooh, I feel like I have like I have that breath of fresh air. I feel like I could keep on going and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So just call it your 30 minutes to an hour of creativity nap. Yeah, that's why our best ideas come when we're showering. Yes. <laughs> when you're in the shower, right? Or a bubble bath. Or so a bubble bath or washing the dishes, folding laundry. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And Mari, as we begin to wind down, because man, 30 minutes has flown by. I definitely want you to leave your call to action for the audience. What do you want them to do or what challenge do you have for them? Oh my goodness. Well, I have a seven day creativity challenge that I would love for people who are just starting to flex creativity in their life to take part of. I will have that link so you can click on it. Um, but stay really curious. Curiosity is creativity's best friend. Get curious about things that you're doing in your life, things that you're asked to do in your life. <laughs> Remember to take breaks. Those creativity naps are so, so important. And recall things that brought you joy and happiness as a kid and maybe try and do them again and see what happens. You never know what will spark creativity in your life or bring you more joy and happiness. And a reminder that it's okay to be silly and goofy and to have fun. Amazing. And I'm going to add this quote from the movie Forrest Gump. Ooh. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get because, <laughs> and I love that because it's so true. Like whenever you have that box of chocolates, whether you get it for Valentine's day or you get that assortment, sometimes they don't always tell you what's inside each chocolate. So you have to like, just kind of guess and bite it. And you're like, Ooh, this either tastes good or eh, this doesn't taste good. So Use that for your creativity and just have fun with it. Absolutely. Having fun. So important. So Mari, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you via your website and share where you primarily hang out on social media? Absolutely. My website is sustainingcreativity.com. You can find me over on Instagram, primarily at sustainingcreativity. I'm also on Facebook and TikTok at sustainingcreativity. And my podcast, Sustaining Creativity Podcast, you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And I hope you go check it out. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Mari Riesberg. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. And that freebie she's going to give to you. So we thank her for that. Um, make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all video components at YouTube by typing in at gems with genesis amaris kemp and lastly but not least i want to thank you so much for being here and supporting the podcast mission on a consistent basis because of you we're ranked in the top three percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts for www.listennotes.com so i would love for you to become a brand sponsor you can find out more by going over to genesisamarskemp.net, hitting that podcast tab and learning how you can have your products and services heard right here on GEMS Podcast, where we educate, inspire, and motivate by connecting the dots of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this place a better place. And when I say place, we're all here on earth for a reason such as a time as this. So embrace your inner creativity and just let your soul flow. Signing out. Peace, love, and lots of blessings, y'all.
Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services could be here on GEMS Podcast.